Hello and welcome to the Miskatonic Playhouse and tonight's performance. I'm T.A. Newman, your host and keeper of Secret Santa. My team and I will be bringing to life scenarios using the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game, which contains mature themes, cosmic horror, character death, and loss of sanity. Our mystery can be found in the Miskatonic repository, where people like you and me can write a scenario for others to play. We are proud to have this episode of the Miskatonic Playhouse sponsored by the Storytelling Collective, who provide an excellent course on scenario writing, which many of the team have taken to help improve their writing skills. We'd also like to thank Sirenscape, whose tools have helped provide the background sounds that you hear. Now it's time to pour the mulled wine and roll the dice. Welcome to the Miskatonic Playhouse and a very Merry Christmas to you all. I'm T.A. Newman and I'll be your host this evening. Tonight, we have a very special guest for this performance. As close to Father Christmas as we could get, we have Chaosium's creative director, Mike Mason. That's that's really me controlling <laughs> the human vessel. Hello. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. 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 Merry Christmas. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> and for our Christmas uh, uh, scenario, we welcome you to Secret Santa, which very sneakily was actually written by me. And in tonight's performance, which I get to keep her, uh, we have these wonderful investigators. We have Pete. Uh, hi, I'm Pete. I'm playing Lady Cordelia Tillenforth, who's a 31-year-old dilettante from Notting Hill. Oh, Phaedra. Hello, I am playing uh, Andrew Rincewind Bull, 40-year-old, 39, uh, but 40-looking, 40 40-year-old 40 outdoors man. Stu. Hi, I'm Stu. I'm playing Clarence Crofter, the sharp-witted investigative journalist who's ready for Christmas. <laughs> Are we all? Mike. Uh, I'm playing uh, Professor Wallace Goodall, who is a professor, funnily enough. I believe I'm a <laughs> professor of... Um, spot hidden, mainly. Based on my character. <laughs> oh. That's, I believe, that, that's Same. a big major at the moment. It's a big major. <laughs> um, and uh, now, as it always is, but especially in this festive season, it is time to pull back the curtain and roll the dice. And tonight, the stage is mine. Investigators, I would like to bring your attention to two things. Firstly, is an invitation an invitation that you have before you. I'm going to ask Stu, would you mind, as Clarence Crofter, just reading this invitation out for us that you've all received? By all means. You're invited to Holmouth Museum of Antiquities Secret Santa Black Tie Dinner at the Holmouth Town Hall. We offer our thanks to the service Dr. Jonathan Breeze has given us, and we wish to send him off in style. Please bring a Secret Santa gift to anonymously represent to one of our other esteemed guests. Join us on the 5th of December from 7 to 7.30pm till late for festive merriment and raising funds to support the museum in coming years. Wishing you Christmas goodwill, Mayor Alan Hope. Who's your Secret Santa? Oh. Sounds like a party. It does indeed, it does indeed. And speaking of Secret Santa, the first thing I'm going to ask you to do is... 
to roll for me a d10. Could I ask you to roll a d10 for me, please? And whatever you get on your d10 is going to determine which secret Santa present you have brought to this wonderful event. And I'm going to ask each of you to tell me what you've rolled, and then I will inform you as to what present you've brought. And it'll be wrapped up in whatever style you see fit, whether you're one of those people that really goes to town with the, with the, with the tape and things and make it impossible to actually get into the present, or whether you've just kind of, you know, Put a bit of chewing gum on the side of a bit of paper. We'll see. Um, so, uh, Mike, what did you roll? I rolled a mighty six. Oh, a mighty six. You, for some lucky, lucky individual, your Secret Santa present is gold-plated cufflinks with today's date, the 5th of the 12th, 1919, engraved on them. So a really lovely, lovely present there. Clarence, Stuart Clarence, what did you roll? I, I got a seven. A seven. You are very lovely. This is a very personal gift to, to someone you don't know. Uh, you have a, a delicately presented pot of honey from a local farm, Jensen Farm. So it's a bit of local produce for someone at Christmas. What a lovely little present. And uh, Phaedra, as uh, Andrew Bull Rincewind, what did you roll? Let's see. I rolled a five. A five. You have a tin of chocolate-coated truffles. A classic. The, the classic Christmas. <laughs> the, the classic, I don't know who this is going to. I'll get them something that they'll probably like. And Pete, can I ask what you rolled as Lady Tillenforth, please? Uh, I rolled a two. T a two? Okay, you've gone to town. You've thought about this. You're, you're Lady Tillenforth. You've got a bit of money. You have wrapped up two tickets to see an exclusive magical performance by a Mr. D. Devant, who, as you know, Lady Tillenforth, is quite the performer. Uh, so you've actually really made someone's Christmas. Now, you have your presents. It is cold outside. It is one of those magical Christmases where it's actually been snowing. You can hear the crunch of the snow beneath your feet. There's a, there's a gentle breeze in the air. You don't necessarily know each other, but you can see there's a number of black tie individuals walking towards this rather beautiful and old town hall in the town of Holmouth. This is on the south coast of England. It's a very lovely coastal town. And you've been invited here by Mayor Alan Hope, who is quite a known quantity. He's a bit of an entrepreneur, sometimes a bit of a philanthropist. And being invited to this, for whatever reason you have, it's a nice Christmas. It's a really lovely start to what is going to lead into a really beautiful festive season. You begin to arrive. You hear, as the snow's falling, the old car going past, the squelch of snow, but you hear on the air coming, as you see the, the town hall before you, some jazz music and it's not just kind of the, the most expected christmas songs it's actually quite really contemporary music you think you can hear a bit of tiger rag by the the dixieland jazz band kind of playing and you might like this you might not but you'll know it because everybody's listening to it at the moment you see these snowflakes dancing through the air but as this grand porch appears before you this is the first time when you actually see each other. Professor, you're the first up on the uh, the actual steps leading up to this, this grand archway that leads in. And 
you're the first, but also the most careful. And uh, the rest of you, the other three, uh, Lady Tillen fourth, Bull, as your friends like to call you, Clarence, you see uh, the professor very carefully stepping up on the uh, the actual porch. There's a little bit of ice on there. And you see each other for the first time, but the door is slightly open. Is there anything you say or do as you approach the entrance here to this town hall? Oh, uh, good evening, uh, uh, Lady Tillingforth. It is uh, uh, a festive evening I, I find you upon uh, this, this, this need. Uh, good evening, Professor. Uh, uh, is it Professor Goodall? Am I right? It is. We have met several times at uh, Exeter <laughs> University Charity Functions. Uh, yes, yes, uh, uh, yeah, yes. I, I seem to recall. You may remember. I always wear the. I always wear the, uh, the burgundy bow tie. You may remember. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Delightful bow tie. Yes, of course I remember. Yes. Oh, so good to see you again. Yes, and, good, and, and your your generosity knows no bounds, and and, and the uh, the university is forever grateful for your regular endowments. Oh, well, any time. Uh, obviously, it's, it's my pleasure. Uh, I love supporting the arts. I love supporting education, uh, of course. And and who might uh, who might uh, you be? As I turn to people, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Bull, you're standing there right at the top of the step. Clarence, you might be a step behind just following through. Andrew has been looking at everyone. He's, he's very impressed. Andrew is not a wealthy man. His credit rating is 20. So his eyes are wide. He's just a massive smile on his face. So excited to be here. So like he can't believe that he just happened to meet the right people to get invited to a function like this. Uh, he's a bit self-conscious about uh, the gift he has brought because everyone else looks like they could afford much better and he just he will shake everyone's hand just really tightly and just stare into their soul and say so good to be here great and Andrew Bull oh it's such an such an honor to meet you all and he's also you can those of you who know fashion you can tell he's probably wearing like a second hand black tie suit that maybe is slightly ill-fitting because he either thrifted it or he borrowed it from someone and Clarence, you see all this kind of falling out before you. You can see there's the, the professor here talking to this, you know, very, as you can see, decadent, as you heard, Lady Tillenforth announced. And this also wide-eyed young gentleman here, very kind of, uh, you know, engaged in this whole situation. Clarence, what is it that you do? How do you approach this? Clarence is very much a raconteur. He enjoys meeting new people. As an investigative journalist, it's always important to get to know what's going on. So when Bull proffers the hand, Clarence is going to accept it and shake the hand and warmly say, oh, it's a pleasure to meet you. Uh, uh, take it, uh, this party here should be a bit of fun, shouldn't it? Uh, tell me, uh, don't suppose you know anybody else who's been invited to this here shindig, do you? Do I? You know that the mayor has kind of handpicked a few people. You know that there's an inner circle of Holmuth that will be here. Some of the people that kind of you know, run this town. You know that uh, Dr. Jonathan Breeze has been a bit of an institute, an institution rather, with, within Holmuth, within this you know, town. Um, I would say you know the Blackwood family might be there. They're very big, very big names. You're probably sure that 
one of the biggest, most controversial names in Holmuth is is the judge actually, because he's got a bit of a reputation. Uh, so Judge Tyne, T-Y-N-E, is most likely going to be there. Would I know anyone from my travels? Because that's how I seem to be getting my connections. Hmm. <laughs> mm, okay, I'll tell you what, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out here and make you ask you, should I say, to make me a role okay. that you already know because you've already you've already said what only that much luck give me a luck roll please oh, yeah. uh, here <laughs> uh, <laughs> am i the group luck as well sure. <laughs> yeah that is a failed roll uh 76 out of 30 starting luck thanks newman okay so i am <laughs> actually going to give you some bad luck on this okay you do know someone Oh, I didn't you, expect that. Yeah, you do know someone. The bad luck on this is that, unfortunately, you think you know what tonight's really about. The person you know who's invited to this, who's not actually from the area, is a Dr. Jaruk. Uh, that is uh, J-A-R-U-K. And her first name is Sadia. And Sadia, she is a doctor. And you're pretty sure that you know she's moving to the area a an opportunity has arisen your instinct tells you that with dr jurak is it jurak or jaruk <laughs> uh, sorry uh jaruk sorry um you wrote this one <laughs> yeah i did i did yeah was it see secret saunter isn't it is it jaruk um, <laughs> jaruk uh it's jaruk sorry jaruk you're quite right uh if you could pronounce all of my character names for me that'd be amazing um uh the, the good doctor we shall uh call her yeah you know that she's a bit of a mover and a bit of a shaker she's not one to suffer fools and if she's here there's only a benefit for her in it You've come across her in your travels and you know that she is someone that can cause a stir. Would she be related to my invitation here? Possibly. You have done a little bit, you've done a little bit of work and you do know the mayor. Um, Whether you know him in a, you know, sit down and have a a dinner, probably not. But you've done a bit of work through him. Essentially, he's thrown a bit of work your way. Your name's in his circle. Um, You're not exactly of the right breed, shall we say, to be in his inner circle. But you're a useful man, which I think is what everybody wants to hear at some point during their gaming career. So you're all standing there and you have your your introductions and your, you know, your, your little moments of connection to each other. But what you realize is that actually standing uh, next to the professor, almost behind the professor who was about to open the door and then saw Lady Tillenforth, is a uh, gentleman standing in black tailcoats, perfectly kind of trim suit, balding head and a very calm smile. And he just nods gently. Uh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, my lady. Merry Christmas. Would you like to come in? Welcome. Of course. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. If I could ask as you're coming in, if you, and as you walk in, uh, you, you, you kind of see this big, uh, opulent entrance hall. It is really you know, quite, quite beautiful. You, you can see some lovely kind of wooden paneling flooring. The stonework is outstanding. There's, there's paintings uh, around. This room seems to be quite empty. It's been empty with the intention of having a, a very lovely welcoming room. You can see on the other side of the room, there are two doors. One, which is wide open, which clearly leads into a cloakroom and another one, which leads into the wider corridors. 
for any of you who have been to uh, Holmoth Town Hall before, and it's very possible that you have, you'll know that the building, essentially, on the ground floor, has two central rooms that is surrounded by a series of smaller rooms. There is the main hall and the dining hall. And uh, the main hall is one of those big, beautiful rooms with a balcony to upstairs. So if you're upstairs, you can actually look down into the main hall. Then there's lots of other traditional rooms that you'd have in a town hall. There's the magistrate's room, the telegraph room, the toilets, kitchens, warrant rooms. Uh, there's a big old dining room, uh, big you know, festivities. And again, you know, upstairs, there's a bit of show off uh, kind of gallery paintings and a few other kind of private rooms, uh, the mayor's office and such things like that. But as you're standing in this beautiful entrance hall, you can see that there's a, a young lady in a matching serving attire standing by the cloakroom. And the gentleman, as he, as he greets you into the hall, I shall be waiting on you this evening. My name is Harris. If you'd like to take your coat over to Clara, she will put it in the cloakroom for you. She will also take your secret Santa present, of which will be taken and at the appropriate time at dinner will be given out so that everybody can open their presents at the same time, as per the mayor's instructions. Very good. As I take off my coat and... I was about to give it to him, but I kind of second thought. I kind of then walk the two extra steps to actually give it to the uh, the lady who's taking the cloak room. And she she'll take your coat. She's very adept at what she does. She she runs into the cloak room. You can see that you're going on some you know, fantastic hangers. You can see there's already a number of beautiful coats and jackets and umbrellas and and all kinds of things in there. And I would say, hmm. Hmm. Anybody who would like to, just out of curiosity, I'm going to ask you, because I think, you know, arriving here, there's a bit of expectation. There's a bit of excitement. There's always a bit of, I wonder who's who's going to be here, right up from Lady Tillenforth, perhaps, right down to our very own Andrew Rincewinder Bull. If you'd like to, you could make a spot hidden check in regards to handing over your coat and your secret Santa present and giving them over to Clara, who's putting them away. Andrew will also give his coat a really good look because I think he doesn't feel confident that he'll know which one is his on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Lady Cordelia slides out of like a very expensive fur coat and like hands it over to Clara and is like, please take care of this dear, please. Yes, ma'am. Of course, ma'am. Oh, she gets a 70 on his spot hidden, by the way. <laughs> Ooh, okay, okay. 70 over? Oh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I should know that. Over 50, uh, okay. so it's a fail. Okay, okay. And Andrew? Andrew got a 42 over 72. So that is close, but not quite a hard success. Okay, okay. Clarence? Clarence uh, slides off his uh, fairly worn dinner jacket, hands it to, uh, coat, sorry, to, and hands it to the uh, to Clara with a, a little wink and a smile, and with an, an ought four, gets... Uh, an extreme success mm. on uh, all for over 60, under 60. Okay, okay. And Professor Girol? Uh, well, as I said, I am a professor of Spotted, and so I also got an extreme success with a 12 out of 60. 
Okay, right, okay. So what's going to happen is this then. Um, there's almost a moment from Clara as she's doing two things. Firstly, she's uh, she's taking the coats and she's taking great care, obviously, of Lady Tillenforth's fur, fur jacket. And she actually kind of puts Andrews down on the side before she puts up the others. But then as she takes uh, Clarence's and pops it up, takes the professor's and pops it up, um, you can actually see that as she's then scurrying to make sure that Lady Tillenforth's jacket's perfectly in place and Andrews is clearly out of the way, she she accidentally knocks with her leg a um, long black walking cane with a kind of a, a, a black almost kind of marble at the top of it and as she does as she kind of knocks it down she reaches out and she pulls a coat off the rack and drops to the floor you all see this the other gentleman who's there who greeted you on your way in sees this and just <gasps> oh my kind of like jumps down so embarrassed in front of you that this has happened and uh clarence and professor you see something slip out from one of the jackets and i'm just gonna make sure that you can all see it you see a business card that slips out and you can see the gentleman uh harris is picking up clara what are you doing don't you know who this is and he's pointing you at lady tillenforth um and uh, he picks her up and picks up the jacket and put that up there right now and then looks around the floor and he sees uh, Professor, you and Clarence looking down at the floor and sees the, the, the card and picks it up and kind of, it's uh, uh, huge apologies. Did you drop this or was that the, the, the coat? Oh no, it's absolutely, absolutely mine. Um, if, I, if you could hand it back to me, that would be uh, very kind of you. I am, um, huge apologies. Very sorry, sir. Oh, not, not, not a problem at all. I was about to offer to help you pick up the coats, but why have I gone Irish? Uh, not, not at all, sir. No need to pick up the coats. No need to change your accent. Um, none of these things are required, sir. We uh, it's hugely embarrassed. Uh, I apologise. I would ask. In fact, I will walk you to the dining room whereupon uh, you can have your uh, Christmas drink and you can meet the other guests. And please, accept our apology. Oh, no, no, no apology needed at all. Very kind of you. I, I say, yeah, I say that, uh, Mr. Crofter, I say quietly as an aside as we turn away. I, I say that, um, I, now I, 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 I'd wager that, that that business card that fell to the ground did not fall from your own pocket <laughs> and in fact fell from the coat. Now I, I, now I held quiet um, because I, 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 I don't wish to uh, cause any bother, but, but, but I did note uh, that and uh, I think I, I, I owe an explanation. Well, my, my good professor, I suppose, one can't be too careful when trying to find out the stories that might be going on around here. What makes a good story for the news? Well, always got to be on your guard. If you want to have a look at it, absolutely, you'll pass the... Uh... Well, I should look at it just to ensure that everything is above board. Uh, and I'll take the card and give it a good look and... Um... Uh, and, and then I will pass it back to you and say, well, you know, I, I doubt there will be any journalistic intrigue this evening. It's a Christmas dinner, a Christmas party. The most <laughs> intriguing mystery will be what your secret Santa present will be. Um, so I, I would suggest you, you pop away the, the, the ink pen and the, the notebook today and, and, and enjoy, your, uh, enjoy the festivities. My dear professor, <laughs> it's not, not quite as simple as that, I'm afraid. The, the wonderful thing about people's lives is that the people deserve to know what's going on. Have you seen the gathering here? 
We're standing next to a lady. We've got the mayor, we've got the judge, we've got this doctor. The, tell you what, the papers will be... The, the people will be reading about this in the papers. What goes on behind these closed doors? <laughs> I think I think it'll be exactly what people want to be hearing about. Don't you? I, I can hear you, Mr. Crofter. Uh, <laughs> I hope you're not planning on reporting on me this evening. <laughs> I wouldn't dream of it, lady. As he gives you a little nod and quickly notes something down in a notebook. Do I? Um, I guess I don't. But do I recognise the name Obsidian Foundation in any way? Uh, I'm afraid you don't. Okay. Something to do with somebody, somebody, somebody who sells rocks. I think. <laughs> I do, but not in character. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, uh, yeah. That was a that's a whole different game, a whole different session. <laughs> you find the uh, the gentleman uh, Harris, uh, the, the 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 serving man who's just kind of you know, collected you there. Very much focuses on Lady Tillenforth, but is is ushering the rest of you. You can see he gives one kind of last hard kind of glance towards Clara and a bit of a you know stern shake of the head, and then um, if you're if you'll follow, please, I'll take you to the other guests. And Lady Tillenforth, if you would, uh, this way, I'm sure uh, the mayor would very much love to know you're here. Of course, please don't be so hard on that girl. I mean, come on, it was just a silly little accident. Of course, uh, my ladyship, of course. And he's almost shivering with rage uh, as, as he kind of says that. But he leads you uh, away from the cloakroom and... Um, as Harris leads you through, you walk in and that music grows and you see an impressive sense of the festive season. You can see that the, the wooden floor has been polished to perfection. Uh, it's been all pushed back this area here to, to make a ballroom. It's been set out as this quite wonderful uh, space where loads of these beautiful, beautifully dressed uh, black tie gentlemen, fantastic ball gown, ladies are all kind of swanning around. There's a big drinks table at the, the, the one side. There's some big Christmas trees and you can see they've all got their white cloths and you can see that there's on the tables, there's bowls of punch, mulled wine, eggnog, whiskey, spiced rum. It really is, you know. Every stop has been pulled out to make this a really, really kind of impressive event. And as you, you make another few steps into this main hall, this large hall area, you can see now this band. Yeah, they're a five-piece band. They've got, uh, you know, you can see there's a couple of trombones, a piano, there's a drum there, and there's a, a clarinet. You can see they're really kind of doing a fantastic job. And um, you kind of notice then, just as the kind of the music peaks, that there's a, a I want to say this right, a saxophonist. A saxophonist? A saxophonist. A sax player? A sax player <laughs> is uh, is in the band. Uh, and they're really kind of, you know, they are pumping out a tune and everybody you can see in what could be quite a stale affair is really up and they're really enjoying themselves. The tree over to one of the corners on the far side is ginormous and it's got some quite lovely kind of decorations in it and you can see that there's one gentleman uh standing over by the tree facing the tree as if you as if that person was facing and talking to someone but there's no one it's the tree but you can see there's a, there's quite a lot of people in here without any kind of role needed there's a few people that just stand out one of which is a gentleman sitting alone at the end of the drinks table holding a leather satchel bag with a cardboard tube poking at the top this is someone who looks to be here against their wishes perhaps 
on the other side of the room, you see the absolute antithesis. You see a gentleman standing there with a group of people around him, beautiful black tuxedo, standing there holding a, a whiskey uh, and a cigar in one hand. And he is reciting the most mediocre golfing story you've ever heard. But the people that are standing around listening are loving it. And he's really kind of going into, oh, and I, I, I literally, I got out of the sandwich, right? And I said, boys, bugger off, back to Bentley, okay? And I took my swing and you wouldn't bloody believe it. You wouldn't bloody believe it, okay? Now, what do you think happened? What do you think happened? And he's like turning to this rather, a rather young looking lady actually, but she's dressed in a real professional sense. And she, she kind of looks around the group. I, I don't know, you swung, you hit it. Too bloody right I did. Hit it right in the hole. Right in the hole. There seems to be Clarence, someone you know standing in that group. It's only a bloody rival journalist. No. Joshua Christopher, that son of a gun from the Holmoth Times. What an absolute pillar. You know this man by reputation. You've even written a few stories kind of toe to toe and it was the first one to get it published. And so seeing him here tonight, if there's a scoop to be had, you know he's going to want it as much as you. But he's there listening to this gentleman talk about his golfing stories and he is really kind of fake laughing, joining in and scribbling down as much as he can as we're going here. In uh, another corner of the room, you can see that there's two gentlemen, one of which, Professor, and Andrew, not that you know for sure each other's connection, but you both know one of these two individuals in this conversation. One of the gentlemen there is a very um, rich, some would argue philanthropist called Lord Montgomery Blackwood. They're one of the kind of the, the, the known families, the founding families of Holmoth Town. Uh, older gentleman, uh, a little bit portly, having a quiet conversation with a, with a well, another really a much older gentleman, actually, an older, older gentleman who's standing there and um, and, and, and they're kind of talking in, in hushed tones. It looks like a serious conversation. It does look like a serious conversation. Lady Tillenforth, you know who Lord Blackwood is speaking to. It is, um, it's someone your father has done business with. It is a Mr. Klaus Halstrom, which is spelt, and I'm going to say this probably differently to the way I've said it now, H-A-S-T-R-U-U-M. Uh, so you can see that uh, Mr. Klaus Halstrom is speaking to Lord Montgomery Blackwood. Uh, you know your father's done some business with him. You're not quite sure why, but you know your father was uh, kind of in one of the, the, the groups, I think, the businesses that, that uh, Halstrom's kind of involved in, uh, which is something that you've been a part of. Apart from that, you can see lots of other people kind of bouncing around, enjoying themselves, having lots of fun here. Bull, you recognize in the group that the, the golf story is happening in, the young lady that, that gave the, well, surely you just swung for it. Uh, that is actually Dr. Sadia Jarak, Jaruk rather. And uh, yeah, and there's a few other characters kind of walking around that you don't necessarily uh, are able to kind of clock. The only other individual that really stands out amongst this crowd of party goers is there's one chap who's kind of standing in the middle of the room, kind of in the middle of the dance floor. There's a couple of people dancing, actually. Uh, they've clearly got into the eggnog a bit early. Uh, but there's one gentleman who's not dancing. He's standing on the dance floor. And 
he just looks a bit confused. And he's almost as if he's looking at people, trying to place them and then kind of like moving on, moving to somebody else and then somebody else. And then looking around at the room, there's something just not quite. Synapse is not firing, dots not connecting with that particular individual. You have the room, investigators. There's drinks, there's food, there's finger picks, there's a band playing, there's a wonderful Christmas tree. What would you like to do? Well, Lady Cordelia is going to take Andrew by the arm uh, and it's going to be like, I'll show you around, dear boy. We're going to have a wonderful time. She's all oh, about wow. subverting the norms of society and she's she's saying to saying to him, we're going to have some fun tonight, aren't we, dear? Uh, uh, indeed, y yes, I, I was, um, yeah, yes, Th this is, this is what we're doing. I, I wanted to ask something, I don't get to choose where I'm going anymore, but I was going to <laughs> ask, um, what kind of philanthropy would uh, Mr. Blackwood be involved in? Because if it's environmental, then I would probably have some positive feelings towards him, but if it's not, maybe not, or if I know it's just for sure, then maybe not. I'm going to give you a very annoying answer and say it's a bit of a mixed bag. In the region that you're in, in the southwest, there have been some environmental things. You know that the Blackwood family have sponsored a number of kind of historical or agricultural kind of actions, specifically around Dartmoor in the southwest. Okay. Uh, you, you also know that being a coastal town, that the Blackwood family have been heavily invested in the Holmouth fishery, and they've done quite a lot of I suppose, and this is where someone who's watching who knows the actual science of the time is going to reply on a YouTube or a podcast here and say, what are you saying, Newman? But some early form of marine biology. There is some sense of, especially within this local area, any environmental philanthropy from Lord Montgomery Blackwood has been reinvested specifically within this area. Would I overall think he's making a positive contribution to the environment or a negative? Positive. Okay. You know that there's a there's a bit of selfish gains and needs in what he's doing. You're not quite sure what that is, but you know that he appears to be very protective of Holmouth. Okay. And the surrounding areas. Thank you. And I proceed to follow Lady Tillingworth wherever she will take me because I'm uh, too polite to say anything about what I actually wanted to do. Oh, she'll, <laughs> a she'll ask. She'll say, who are we going to chat to first? Um, well, uh, I am a bit concerned about the gentleman in the middle of the dance floor. He, he seems a bit lost. Oh, maybe he's just had a bit too much booze this evening. I mean, it is a, it is a Christmas event, dear. Oh, it is quite early, but uh, well, I hadn't considered that. I, I don't drink myself, so. Ah, <laughs> well, uh, maybe we won't have so much fun this evening. Hmm. Well, uh, we, we can go check on the man, uh, I suppose, uh, pay him a visit. Um, uh, there's, there's a gentleman in the corner who, who I believe is associated with my father, so uh, I'll probably go and talk to him and maybe introduce you if you'd like to meet him. Uh, sure, is, is that over there We're with uh, Mr. Blackwood? Yes. Yeah. Oh, you know Mr. Blackwood. Yes, I believe he is speaking to Mr. Blackwood at the moment. Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, well, I am uh, very appreciative of uh, Mr. Blackwood's work, and I'd, I'd love to uh, talk to him about what he's working on at the moment. So, yeah, that's that's a wonderful idea, Lady Tillingworth. Thank you. Excellent. Let's let's check on this poor gentleman first. 
Okay, yeah. just as you're uh, just as you're making your way then across the room and you're you're going to check on this slightly confused looking individual before making your way to uh, Lord Montgomery Blackwood and a Mr. Klaus Hastrum. Clarence Crofter, what is it that you're doing? I've clocked Joshua Christopher and I, I know that there's a rival here, a rival to my journalistic prowess. So there's only one thing that I really can do and that's to stop him from getting to whatever scoop might be here before I do. So can I see, if I'm looking over at him from where I'm standing, whether he is currently jotting things down into his notebook? Oh, you can, and he is absolutely writing things down. Are you are you asking if you can see what he's writing? Oh, no, not necessarily what, but is if, if, if he is. And if he is, yeah. that's great. I'd like to get myself a drink. Are, are there complimentary drinks around here? Everything is absolutely complimentary. There is eggnog, there is pipe. I mean, you can, the room smells of festivity. Cinnamon, punch, eggnog, whatever, you know, kind of festive smells that you would associate with this fantastic ball. It's here and it's all absolutely for, for all of you. Fantastic. In that case, I'd like to choose the most viscous drink that I can find. Oh, Probably okay. an eggnog. Yeah. And I'd like to stroll over to just behind uh, Joshua. <laughs> just pour it over his nose. Well, that, that sort of is the plan. Um, a sort of a, an accidental stumble. Oh dear, whoops, what a shame. Oh, uh, what the hell? What are you doing? Oh, <laughs> Joshua, didn't oh. see you there, old chap. Awfully sorry about that. Oh, you must have. I do apologize. Absolute. And he's about to say so, and then he looks and remembers where he is. And you see the gentleman who's telling the golf story just almost just kind of looks at you, raised eyebrow, looks at Joshua. I hope there's nothing silly going on here, boys. Not, nothing at all. Nothing at all, old, old chap. Just uh, an accident. Please, I'll uh, get out a handkerchief and I start dabbing him down. And as I do, I try to wrestle the, the notebook away from him. Oh, okay. As the gentleman with the cigar and the, and the whiskey is watching you kind of dab Joshua, give me a sleight of hand check just to see if you're able to take that. Firstly, to see if he notices, because it might be a strength roll in a minute, depending on what happens. But you, you, you're kind of getting this. As you're kind of doing this, the, the gentleman with the cigar goes, yeah, well, at my party, you know, Christmas spirit and all that, eh? Spirit of forgiveness, accidents, whatnot. Just have another bloody drink and get on with it, eh? Joshua, eh? That's a, a six under ten. Ooh. Rolling well today. You are rolling well. Okay, yeah, you do. You scroll out. Joshua's more concerned about his black tie. You know, this he is not a, a wealthy individual, and he's really worked bloody hard to get this outfit, begged, borrowed, and stolen. Uh, yeah, what, what he kind of can really. And so he's got all this kind of, and he's just infuriated. Uh, uh, and he kind of looks back at the individual with the cigar. Uh, yes, um, um, sorry. Uh, Mayor, um, I'll, I'll go and clean myself up. Look, Merry Christmas, everybody. I'll be back. I'll be back. Merry Christmas, Clarence. Merry Christmas, Clarence. Uh, and then he just kind of almost storms off, not realizing you've taken his notebook. But we'll come back to you in a second because I imagine you're going to want to have a look at that notebook. Okay. Professor Garol, you've been patiently waiting. Uh, what is it that you do in this room of merriment, Professor? I first look around in amazement because I thought it was going to be like, you know, Holly and the Ivy, not Ragtime Jazz. So after <laughs> taking a, you know, a moment, I look around and uh, I see that I, I'm aware that Lord uh, Black... Blackwood. 
So I'd written it down and it looked like Lord Blacklard. That might have been his nickname at school. Yeah, it was his nickname at school. They were they were cruel. So I see Lord Blacklard, but I note that Lady Cordelia is already en route. So I I think maybe I should get a drink. This is not quite the party I thought it was, and clearly having a drink will make it go all the much better. Um, so I walk over towards the, uh, the serving bar and towards the chap who is um, sitting on his own, clutching his satchel with his cardboard tube. Because to my mind, he looks slightly academic. So maybe I maybe I, I don't remember him, but maybe I've met him before. I should go over and introduce myself and get a drink. And he's sitting there kind of, you know, clutching this bag to his chest. And then as you, you go over, uh, and you know, you're scanning the drinks, taking a step or two closer to it. You can hear him kind of mumbling. Just going, oh, bloody big man. Bring it big, big here. Embarrassing. Do you, do you want to continue listening to him or do you kind of interrupt? I interrupt. I say, I, I stay old chap. Lisa, you're uh, Professor Goodall from the, uh, the university. I, uh, you seem to be uh, somewhat consumed. Um, now, now, let me uh, let me buy you a drink on this festive eve. Um, uh, yes, um, thank you. Very, very festive. Um, the, the the drinks, Professor, are free. Oh well, all the more better. We'll have we'll have doubles here. Oh yes. Um, thank you, Professor. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. You, now I'm giving you my name, good man. Now, what is yours? Oh, uh, Breeze. Um, jo Jonathan, um, Professor Jonathan Breeze, um, I, uh, I was the creator, the, 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 the <laughs> curator and the creator, the curator <sighs> was, was the party, you see, for me. But, but of course, you're, you're, of course, that's why I recognize you, of course, and I was just fooling around. You were, of course, Professor Breeze, who are here to, uh, to, uh, to, uh, what's the word? Um, um celebrate. And, uh, but if I find you alone uh, at the bar, um, looking unhappy, one might suggest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, you know, drink this down, and tell me everything. <laughs> right, what is this? Is this a charm? Is this a coercion? What's going on here? It's just my natural, natural uh, wonders. It's, I don't think mm, it's a charm. <laughs> it's certainly not a fast talk. <laughs> and, um, let's, we look, we look for persuade. It sounds like bribery to me, personally. <laughs> quite possibly, <laughs> quite possibly. Is, I, I guess, well, I, I'm going to uh, play the game, so I'm going to play, uh, it's a Persuade, and I'm persuading him with booze. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, 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 um, absolutely, I can see that happening in the narrative. Let's have a Persuade, right? I'll tell, uh, tell you what, I think because because of you being a professor, and it's it's not someone just coming out to him, it's not a random journalist or a or a posh so-and-so that's that's kind of set upon him. You're a kindred spirit, you're a professor. I'm gonna argue there's a bonus die in this. Marvelous, because I just failed that. <laughs> um, okay. Right, I uh, still fail it. Um, however, I only fail it by a few. 
and I was, I'm more than happy to spend all my luck very quickly. I'm going to need to spend, what's my persuasion part? I need to spend six points of luck to make that a success, which is what I am going to do. Okay. So he, um, he takes uh, the drink. What what drink is it that you're that you've kind of ordered for for you and him? I think he looked like he needed a brandy. Mm, yeah. Okay. So he's going to take this drink and he's not going to sip it. He's going to take a couple of quick, Absolutely. bloody big gulps and see it off. He's seeing a moment here where there's someone he can just kind of divulge a bit to, just kind of release, just kind of unload a bit. So there's a. <laughs> and then you see him kind of put the drink down and clutch the bag again really tightly. Yeah, yeah. well, you know, they say this this party, this this event, this soiree is for me. <laughs> it's not, it's not, not. They're saying it's a it's a farewell and a well done. They're, they're saying, you know what he said, he, that one there. And he points over at the mayor who was uh, telling the, the, the golf stories, you know, standing there with a cigar. He's now talking about the size of some fish he caught at some point. Uh, the mesh is going, yeah, and the bloody thing almost jumped into the boat, size of my bloody leg. And he's you know, really kind of going on with these stories. And um, the professor is, is pointing to go, him. Yeah, him, you know, he just, he came in to the, the museum one day, okay? And I was doing some of my best work. Some of my best work, you know, you must know what it's like as, a, as an academic. Yes, dear chap. Yes, yes. Oh, oh, oh I, I, and and I'd been uh, years, years given, years given my life given. And do you know what he said? No, no, I don't. Tell me. Oh, I'll bloody tell you! I'll tell you. He said, "It's time that I had the reward of retirement." Well, I, I, I say, I, I, I'd rather gather that um, uh, you're, you're not really looking for retirement. I'm bloody not looking for retirement. I gave this place, I gave him and that bloody Blackwood uh, all their, their money they were firing at me. I gave them my best bloody years. I could have gone to uh, any university and I could have gone to other museums, but I stayed in this town. I stayed in this town. I gave them bloody everything i tell you what i i'm gonna take something back you know well, 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 well i say sometimes you you have to just move on you know i mean there's a, a, a small town and, and you yeah, know there are many there are many museums in the, in, in the future for you perhaps oh, uh, bigger and better i say you sounded like him this is my work this is my work. It's not theirs. It's my work, and I'll show. I'll show you. Well, well dear, 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 indeed you will. I'm sure, my my good friend. Now, now, now when you say your work, are you talking something specifically? Uh, uh, you seem to be holding rather tightly to the cardboard tube. Is there a, a map, perhaps? A, perhaps a, a treasure map? You are clutching to your chest. I'm going to ask you, Mr. Mike Mason, Professor, could you give me a spot hidden now that you're mentioning and looking specifically at the tube? Okay, I fail that. <sighs> and uh, you're not giving me enough luck to make it pass, so no. <laughs> uh, you just see him clutching the bag and then they're almost kind of you know, hiding the tube with his arm at this point then. And they're just going, no, no, no it's my, my bloody work. And, and you know, if, if, this is, if this is my retirement party, then, then technically I've not 
bloody retired yet, so if you'll excuse me, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna go do some work, some important work. And he gets up from the chair, and then takes a few steps, turns. Professor, it was a pleasure. Good evening. And then he turns and and, and scuttles out of the the main hall. I, I just turn to the the barkeeper and just say, "Well, well, I never." Yes, sir. Um, Freddy's been sat here most of the evening, just um, mumbling, um, uh, really quite unpleasant things about people. Um, apologies, sir. Well, yes. Well, thank you very much. I, I, I'll take my apology in the form of a large brandy. Thank you very much. Uh, indeed. And just as you're getting that, another individual just pops by you. This is an individual who's got a kind of a bit of a moustache going on, bald head, and he kind of just pops and just goes, uh, Barkeep, the the tree. What's going on with the bloody tree? Oh, I don't really know, sir. It's a Christmas tree. Yes, I know it's a bloody Christmas tree, but there's things in the tree. I turn, can I see the tree from where we are? Yeah, it's it's, it's only about 10 foot away from where you are. So when he says things in the tree, I, I'm thinking, you know, baubles and things. Can I look from where I am and see what he's talking about, if he's pointing anything out? Or? You can't really see much from where you are, but the gentleman then, after getting the response and kind of seeing you looking at it, just kind of goes, oh, right. And he walks back over to the tree. And this is the gentleman that you saw when you first came in, just kind of staring at the tree. But just in that moment, we're going to jump back. We're going to go to uh, Lady Tillenforth and Andrew Bull Rincewind. I really want someone to call you Bull, apart from the keeper. We'll see. We'll see. I'm sure Lord Montgomery Blackwood is going to definitely call someone Bull. Why am I named Bull? Is, is there something in my in my backstory that I should I should be aware of? <laughs> I just feel like certain investigators should have nicknames that are not explained that then get explained by you know in the game. Someone should just kind of go, yeah. When I was in Pamplona and there was this thing, there was a I started a race there that became fashionable. Or not, or not. There's yeah, but uh, I do have strength eighty five, so maybe I'll. Uh... There you go, <laughs> the bull. There <laughs> it is. Yeah. Um. Okay, Lady Tillenforth, and oh, there you go, the cat. Uh, Lady Tillenforth, also known as the cat, um, <laughs> and uh, Andrew Rincewind. You're making your way over. You can see they haven't really noticed you. There's a lot of movement, music, and things going on, and people having a good time. But you you actually both do. As you're crossing over, you do actually see that the professor's had a conversation with uh, this rather um, unfortunate-looking individual who's kind of seems to have stormed out. Just as you're walking across the dance floor, you just notice this individual jump up and kind of storm out. It kind of jars with the rest of the vibe of this party but you make your way over and uh, lord montgomery blackwood is there and did we pass by the man in the middle of the dance floor you mm. just you are just getting to him because i definitely remembered that so just <laughs> as you're crossing across the dance floor you do see this individual and as you're getting closer um he actually kind of turns a bit wide-eyed he's wearing a black tie affair and turns and looks at you both um hello Hello. Um, Hello. Hello. Is he an older gentleman or? No, this is like a, I'd say mid thirties individual. The hair kind of parted over to one side. Uh, has kind of small spectacles. Quite a thin individual. Just looks rather confused. Uh, are you okay, dear boy? Uh, uh, are you having a nice time? Y yes. 
Um, I think so. Yes. Are you? You, you seem to have a, be having a bit of trouble. Do you? Do you know where you are? Um. Yes. Yes. I'm sorry. Do we? Do I? Do we know each other? I'm terribly sorry. My name's Lady Cordelia. Very nice to meet you. I extend the hand. Oh, uh, my lady. Um, d d greetings, uh, Benedict um, Grantham. Um, absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Mr. Grantham, I'm uh, Mr. Rincewind. You can call me Andrew. Uh, good evening, Andrew. Uh, Benedict. I, I was wondering. We don't often seem to see um, someone in the middle of the dance floor uh, not dancing. Are you looking for someone, perhaps? Uh, Lady Cordelia here knows quite a lot of people. Maybe she can point you to who you're looking for. Um, yes, yes. Um, I was looking for someone. I... Have you perhaps had uh, one too many drinks that has been suggested? Um, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, there's possibly... Heather! I'm looking for Heather. <laughs> um, you haven't seen her, have you? Do we know of a Heather? No, you don't. Is there any way for us to tell whether he seems inebriated or not? Ah, there is indeed. What would I offer you? And you're very welcome to offer me something in return. I'd say a psychology would be a relatively uh, simple way to gauge the state of mind of this individual, but at the same time, I'd probably also take an education role, a no role, just to see if you, you know, if you are in a situation here to go, yeah, I've, I've seen a few people have a few drinks. I have a counter suggestion. Oh. What if I walk near him and smell his breath using spot hidden? A smell roll. I see what you're doing here. <laughs> What's the physical action there? Is it like... <laughs> I just grab his face and I look him friend the eyes and just go in for a kiss. Let me look into your eyes. So what are you doing here? You want to use a spot hidden. Spot hidden is for all physical senses besides listening. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, so just so it's a spot hidden. You are looking at the physical... I'm smelling him. And you are smelling him. Mm-hmm. I go really near. I pat him in the back and I'm like, I just... I, I really wish you'd have a good... Good time. Would you would you like to dance with me? Let's let's dance. And then I kind of roll my wrap my arm around him. He seems quite <laughs> confused by this, but I'm going to say roll it. It's Christmas. It's it's Christmas. All right. That is a twenty one, which is a hard success. So okay. I, I sniff everything he's hidden today. Just so you know, <laughs> investigators, this has not opened the door to. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to roll a spot hidden to see if I can kill Cthulhu. I just want to, uh, that's not what this is. But we, we can smell Cthulhu. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want to ask Cthulhu to dance with a spot hidden. So, uh, okay. That was a hard success, you say? Yeah. What do I smell on him? Yeah, and okay. be specific. Be specific. If you can. <laughs> you can smell the salt from the air from when he went for a coastal walk this morning. You can smell. Yeah, he's had a few drinks, but he's doesn't look completely inebriated. This confusion, this this slight disconnection with the situation that this with this party, this event that, that you're in, doesn't seem to be down to the alcohol. 
you can, yeah, he's had a few drinks. Everybody's had a few drinks. It might be adding to the effect of this slight confusion, this slight um, uneasiness, but you don't feel that this individual has a irregular smell. You don't feel like this individual has a significant smell. You don't feel like this individual stinks of alcohol or anything else that might impair their judgment. Okay. In fact, you're certain of it. Then I say, well, uh, in that case, uh, you don't seem to be in a very dancey mood. Uh-huh. Lady Tillingworth, how do you feel about, do, do you know Heather? I, I don't know about Heather. I'm afraid I don't know Heather, but... Uh, Maybe we could bring him with us and, and ask yes. more people. So, someone will know Heather. Mr. Grantham, you, why don't you stay with us until Heather uh, arrives? I, 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 yes, yes. Thank you. Um, yes. Come along, dear boy. And I link him by the arm. I've got <laughs> both the guys on, on my arms. And uh, we're like, we're going uh, to... I'm going to march them both over to uh, meet Klaus and uh, Lord Blackwood. Okay. Uh, so you uh, you walk over and you do get to um, Klaus Halstrom and Lord Blackwood. In that moment, we'll jump to Clarence. Clarence, you have the notebook of your, shall we say, nemesis Ooh, yes. or adversary, however you'd like to put this, uh, your, your professional opposition. He's left the room. You are still standing next to uh, the mayor who's telling this wonderful um, story about when he was clay pigeon shooting now. And uh, he still has, still has a gathering of people around him, these sycophants who are... Uh, very much there to enjoy his story. What is it that you do, Clarence? So I'm wanting to, I think Clarence will survey the surrounding people around the mayor. Clarence's thinking is that the mayor is the biggest person here, other than the the, the supposed guest of honour who Clarence hasn't seen yet. So surely the biggest and the brightest of society will be hanging around the mayor. So I think uh, I'll, I'll join in with the sycophants. I will laugh at all the right places in the mayor's stories. I'll uh, look at the people around, watch what they're doing. Does anybody seem to be acting as if they are only here for the the mayor's stories, or does anybody seem also here for, with an ulterior motive to be near the mayor? If I pick up anything. Okay, so I, I'm going to suggest with that that the, the two roles that I'd accept, and they each would obviously get a different answer. Initially, there is the spot hidden. You can smell people and see what their uh, their reaction are. You can, you can observe the crowd, or you can try and gauge the psychology of the group. And I'm going to let you decide which of those two you'd like to roll. I'm going to go for psychology, though it's not my strongest. Ooh. I think that's where I want to see. So that is a 59 out of 45. Can I push this roll? You can. Roll those dice. I'm going to get in a little bit closer. I'm going to ask possibly some leading questions in a sort of a casual way. <laughs> That's an 82. <laughs> Excellent. Failed for sure. <laughs> Good. Yeah, and, and a brave move. Someone's full of eggnog, clearly. Okay, Clarence, you and I'm I'm more than happy for you to help narrate this failed push here because I think uh, seeing your own downfall of the, your own investigator is quite good fun sometimes. So I'm more than happy for you to join in this description here of what happens. The scene before you is you've got the mayor there and he's there. He's, he's onto his next cigar. He's just put his last one out in somebody else's drink. Uh, and he's just grabbed another you know, whiskey there and he's, he's having another drink. He's going, oh, and, you know, they were flushing out the pheasants and I'm there with my bloody shotgun. And I'm like, boy, get down. 
and he turns and looks at me. I just shot. I just shot. Whether he was there or not, and as you're kind of saying this, he's kind of like, you know, acting this out. You're leaning forward. You're really looking at the, each member of this group. And you can see there's the young lady who's in a very professional looking manner and she is just wide eyed, really just absorbed in this. And you, you know, you look around the group, you see that there's another lady, an older lady who is just enraptured, smiling, almost clapping at everything that the mayor's saying. And then there's a, there's a couple of gentlemen there, but you really caught these two women. But as you really lean in, in this moment, the mayor in his story turns. And I went to fire the gun and I whipped round. You're in the way. You've leaned in. You've gone too far into this. Not only does he hit you with his cigar in your chest, but his drink as well. Straight onto you. So you've spilled your drink on someone. He's now spilled his drink on you and stubbed his cigar out onto you. But not only that, he looks at you angrily. You've interrupted his story. He is not happy he he literally he's dropped his drink there's a smash on the floor everybody in the room all the other investigators also there's a moment where you can whip your heads and see this you see clarence standing next to the mayor you see the mayor he's quite a big fella kind of looming over here cigars butted out to nothing he drops on the floor you can see clarence has got a drink over him the story stops the party stops even the jazz band even the saxophonist who's playing the most wonderful song just kind of everybody pauses and there's a moment and the mayor just looks at you, leans in, Clarence. What the bloody hell are you doing, boy? Thank you for joining us for Act One of Secret Santa by T.A. Newman, now available as print on demand. And thanks to our sponsors of this production, The Storytelling Collective, about which you can find out more on our website, www.miskatonicplayhouse.com, and find us on the social media platforms with the links found in the show notes. If you would be so kind as to gift us this Christmas, you could rate this podcast and write a review to help like-minded fans find and enjoy the Miskatonic Playhouse. It only takes a minute and makes a huge difference until the curtain rises again.